Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jem. And today we have a very exciting episode for you. Guess what? We are not going to talk about clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I couldn't be more excited to not talk about clothes. I'm over it. (laughs) But today we have our friend Kay with us, and you may know her as Passports and Pizza Pies, which I love just for the record. Um, And that is her little uh, name on Instagram and on YouTube. So Kay is a clothing reseller, but she also has a very special skill that I think Daniela and I both wish that we definitely had. She is a master, you guys, of selling plush items. Absolutely. I can't wait to learn more from Kay and introduce her to all of you. Welcome to Thrifters Villa, Kay. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see so you guys excited and talk that you're to you. Here. I know, so right? Yes. So Kay is, is a local friend, right? We're a little biased here. <laughs> We're a little biased. We like to have New England people on, not going to lie. Um, but no, but in all seriousness, <laughs> Kay is, um, she is a clothing reseller, but she has really mastered the art of selling things outside of clothing, which I yes. think has been really fun for Jen and I to see and like follow along that journey. Cause it's not something that Jen and I are comfortable with, um, right. or have experience with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into all of that, okay, we kind of want to give the floor to you if, and have you share a little bit of who you are and how you get into reselling and all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, now I'm in the hot seat. (laughs) Yes, you are. No pressure. All right. So I'm Kay. Um, I'm just a part-time reseller. I actually work full-time from home, um, but it was outside of the home before everything happened. Um, I work in healthcare. Can't talk too much about it, unfortunately, but it's it's a healthcare realm. These Um, people get it because we can't talk about our jobs either. Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, I have a daughter. I'm a single parent. Um, she's just about to turn 13 this month, actually, in a couple of oh weeks. Oh my gosh, really? I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I kind of started reselling, you know, as a side hustle about three years ago. Uh, it'll be four years later on this year, um, mm-hmm. just to make some extra money, just so we could travel, have, you know, side fun money. And also I was trying to pay off some debt and it's really helped. And I actually started to love it. I didn't think I was going to love it. I thought I would just do it for a little while and that would be the end of it. But yeah, it's become a thing. So I'm hoping this year I can actually make it my full-time gig. So we'll see how that goes. I I we're, 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 we're applauding. Yeah, you guys <laughs> can't see it, but we are. We're can't applauding. See it, but we are applauding. <laughs> oh, no, that's so exciting. Yeah, Kay. I mean, I, I hope you guys are following her on Instagram. If you're not, get on there because Kay definitely loves to show everybody different aspects of your reselling business. And I think you do an excellent job of that. You know, whether it's, you know, you showing about like your debt and how you reduce that, um, you know, how you incorporate your daughter into your reselling and all those good things, you know? And so I, I don't know, I really love watching your journey. Well, thank you. I really also think it makes you a well-rounded reseller because I feel yeah. like so many of us fall into like these little niches right within reselling and then when we try to branch out it's really hard like it's it's really difficult to step outside and start doing some other things within reselling and I think that's the nice thing about your account and what you've kind of developed on your Instagram and on YouTube is that you show all aspects of your life which I love mm-hmm. you know you show when you travel because that's a big part of who you are right yeah. okay? like you love traveling that's just I do Mm-hmm. you enjoy that. And that's, and hence why you started reselling, right? You have this extra side money where you yeah, can do this to, fun, to fund some of that fun stuff, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to fund the fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 
yeah, no, that's definitely a, a really interesting part too. And like, we love how you, how you've incorporated all that and it all kind of goes back to reselling. It's yep. really interesting, you know? <laughs> so like let's, you- let's talk about, um, you know, you want to go full-time. What kind of led you to that decision to be like, okay, I'm in this part-time status right now, but I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. And I kind of want to take it to the next step. Uh, except we have a lot of listeners that are obviously in the same situation that right. you are in, or maybe they've thought about it. And uh, Jen used to be full-time. I've never gone full-time. I mean, mm-hmm. I basically work, I guess, full-time hours, but I don't consider myself a full-time reseller. I'm just a, a reseller, right? Uh, content creator, all that stuff. But well, like you said, you put in full-time hours. Right. right. I put in full-time I hours. Think, I think everybody always puts in, can put in full-time hours, right? But it's whether or not you mm-hmm. take that extra step of leaving your nine right. to five year every day and then solely depending on reselling, right? It's yeah, also a lot easier yeah. to put in full-time hours on something that you're really passionate about, whether it's a side hustle yep. or your regular Absolutely. job. So. Absolutely. Yep. Got that right. right. So what kind of brought you to that place? And then what have you done to kind of start that process? Mm-hmm. So whether it be with I've, your sourcing, you know, whatever. Uh, so I've been at my company for 16 years this month. Wow. Wow. And I've been miserable for the last decade, at least. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) you know, I really needed to side hustle to pay off my debt so that I could be in a more comfortable position for me to be able to leave a full-time job and not be so heavily reliant on, I need X amount of income every week, um, to survive. So, um, now that, you know, things are a little bit better, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just trying to get rid of that. I don't want to work for another person. I'd rather just work for myself and I'm very self-motivated. So Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a really good fit for me. But um, uh, so far I have just been trying to kind of not pigeonhole myself, which is kind of why I started looking in other categories in the thrift store, plush games, stuff like that. Um, I also have a very small home. I'm just a, a thousand square foot, two bedrooms. I came from a three bedroom apartment. So that was like my posh room, my reselling room. And I don't have that anymore. So, you know, plushies and small items can take up way less space. And then I don't have to overload my shed. So, um, (laughs) I've just been trying to, you know, get not so much get out of selling clothing because I do still enjoy it. And that's what I find the most of, but just to broaden my horizons in a way so that I can potentially make more, profit, um, and then get myself to be able to go full-time. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes total sense to me. Cause it just like, if you want to go full-time, like to you, it's just like, I need to expand, right. Yeah. I need to find other avenues on how to make more money. But I think it's funny that you say a thousand square feet is small because in California, <laughs> that's pretty big. <laughs> now that I've I seen mean, the that's, difference. that's bigger than what my one bedroom apartment was that I lived in for three years when I started this. Well, it's so. all about the layout, yeah. right? This, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. It, the, the square footage isn't the issue. It's the two bedrooms yep. and basically yep. everything else is just open. So unless I want to have racks full of clothing or totes you don't. in my living space, <laughs> you really it's don't. not going to work. No, <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. But you've utilized your shed, which I think is really, really good too. Um, talking about your shed, how do you, do you like temperature control it? Like, how do you make that work with your clothes and the stuff that's in there? Because we Um, live in New England. We do live in New England. Yep. Um, There's two feet of snow outside right now. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. Do you have to trek through the snow to get your packages? Yeah. I have to make sure that I shovel a path from my sliding door out into my yard, into my shed. So 
And we had to do it three times over the weekend because we got oh so much God. snow. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yes, it's not temperature controlled. There's no electricity out there. It's just a standalone wooden shed. So everything is in sealed totes. Um, I don't want to leave anything out and exposed just oh. in case any yeah. little critters get in there. So yeah, everything smart. has got to be toted up. Yeah, yeah that makes absolutely. Sense. Um, I will say, I think it's also really smart of you. Expanding your knowledge in multiple categories and reselling, I think is always a smart thing to do, no matter Mm -hmm. what, even if you're just researching just for your own personal gain, right? Just just to know, because you might come across something and you'll realize, oh, this is what I saw, whatever, whenever it was, and this is something worth picking up. Because I think when you want to take that leap into, I want to now be full-time, um, when you start venturing in these different categories, it also allows you and opens up your opportunities to be on other platforms that may perform better than what you're used to doing right now. So Kay is on eBay and on Poshmark. And <clears throat> while Poshmark, you can list electronics and plush and all this kind of stuff, I would say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kay, eBay is really where that moneymaker is happening for you with these other categories that you're in. Absolutely right. Um, I when I first started three years, well, almost four years ago, um, I was just solely on Poshmark. I was afraid of eBay. I had sold on eBay in the past, you know, just as like a hobby seller, I would have yeah. something I no longer yeah. used yeah. and sold it. Mm-hmm. But it really scared me, like the shipping and everything. And once I started really branching out into the other categories, that's when I eBay started to pick up. And now it's my main platform. Gotcha. Um, I also do sell locally at an antique mall. Um, like vintage hard goods and home stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, broadened that horizon as well. Not even just categories, but selling platforms too. Gotcha. So the the vintage shop that you sell in, do you, do you want to share what it is for local people that are listening? Sure. It's uh, it has two different names. It used to be Stillwater <laughs> Antiques in Greenville or Smithfield, Rhode Island, depending on, you know, if you're a local or not. And uh, <laughs> now it goes by Antiques Alley. Okay, Very cool. Very local cool. people. You, yeah. And do you sell clothing there or? Um, just hard goods. No hard clothing. Goods? Oh. I don't even put my plush there either. Just because I was worried that if I had something in a booth, they're only open, you know, Thursday to Sunday. So if something mm-hmm. sold on eBay, it would be kind of a struggle to get there oh, and be able to <laughs> ship yeah, it out on eBay. Yeah. So, That's so now, are you separate. there? Are you there? No. I'm, no. Okay. Nope. So um, the reason I t- did that one, cause there's a few other ones in the area um, is because I don't have to like work a shift to sell there. I can just have my booth there. And, you know, I go every week just to see what's sold and restock if I need to. But other than that, I don't have to do anything to maintain it. I've seen those. I've seen those places. Yeah. Where you literally can, you get a section of the store, right. And you can just kind of decorate it as is however you want. Right. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And basically there's like a main register where people bring things up and then Right. They sell it that way. So yep. you're not even nice. allowed to walk around like the mall with other people's goods. Every time you find oh. something that you want, you have to bring it up to the counter and they'll hold it until you're done shopping. And then you just oh. check out all at once. Interesting. Nice. Yep. So I'll have That's to go there sometime to check it out. I've never been. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. What? I know there's a big vintage um, market of some sort in Providence. Mm-hmm. I, there's a couple of people that I follow yep. that um, do the one oh, in yes. Providence. Yep. yep. That's true. That's true. What do you um, sell there though? Because you said it's obviously hard goods. So would that be like kitchen uh, items or a lot of vintage kitchen, some pottery, all kinds of home decor, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, mostly vintage stuff. Very cool. There it is broadening your horizons. (laughs) So true. So true. 
So first question, right? I know we've asked you a million questions, but related to plush, what first even, <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> what even made you want to look at plush? Like, I get it because you have a daughter, right? And there's toys laying around, but. I think it's a category that's that? very easy for people to just kind of glance over, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, having a daughter definitely adds into that because I mean, just yesterday she went through all of her plushies and uh, gave me a giant stack to sell. Um, and nice. when I sell her stuff, we split the profits. So she's at that Love age that. where she's starting to get motivated by money and she wants yeah. money to buy stuff. So um, yeah, that was exciting. But before that, um, I had just gotten back into YouTube because I took basically all of 2020 off from YouTube with everything going on in the world. Um, and so when I got back into it, I became friends with like this small group of YouTubers. And one of them is a very heavily plush seller. Um, and so I started watching all their videos and picking mm -hmm. up tips and I figured it was something collectible. Um, something obviously that my daughter collects, I'm sure other children do adults collect mm -hmm. them. Um, so I just started to really learn about it and it's kind of exciting. I like searching for, you know, just some random little plush and actually a plush was my highest sale of 2021. So wow. can you, can you tell us what was that? So mm -hmm. it was a Build-A-Bear plush. So, you know, just a mm -hmm. run of the mill Build-A-Bear plush. It was a werewolf and he had like glow in the dark areas, like on his ears and on his feet. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was really rare and he sold for $250 plus shipping. Wow. Oh my God. I paid $3 and 99 cents. So it was a really <laughs> good sale. That's the great thing too. Plush is so inexpensive at the thrift yep. store. So to like tap into yeah. that knowledge and, and, I mean, you picked it up because it was cool. You had no idea that it was rare until you started doing the research on it, right? right? But like, that's just wild to me. That you blows know? my mind. Yeah, that really does. Because so, you know how many pieces of clothing you need to sell to even yeah, make that amount unless saying. you have mm -hmm. that one great piece. You know what I yeah. mean? That's just that's that's like a wow. like a designer item that you find. Yeah, <laughs> in the clothing <laughs> section. You know what I mean? Which so. I never find. So to find yeah. it in a plush, I was like, oh hey. <laughs> So, so then Kate, when, can talk us through when you go to the plush then section, like, what do you do? Like, how do you start searching? Cause most of us have like a method, right. When it comes to going to the clothing, right. Mm -hmm. Um, like what's, what's your tactics? How do you attack that section? Well, it's hard because they're all just jumbled like, all together. That's, yeah. They're, I feel like <laughs> they're, they're all, all just like together. shoved, right. Yeah. And like, like like at so, Savers, they're on top of like clothing racks a lot of the time. So I'm not that tall. So it's hard to kind of get up there and look at stuff. So you really just have to kind of feel, it's kind of like feeling for clothing. Like if you were in the bins or something like that, where it's a texture thing, you could just feel the quality sometimes, or if it looks really old or in vintage, I will check it out, look it up. Um, I'm always looking for like the little bum tags on all the plush just to yep. see the brands. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of digging. It's basically like going to the bins and digging through stuff to find maybe one or two things tops that's really worth picking up. Gotcha. So and when you, you're searching for these items, oh, sorry, sorry we're so excited. No, we're so excited. Know, so like, <laughs> we're very excited. We have lots of questions. You go, go first, then I'll go. Okay. All right. <laughs> My question was, do you then run comps just like you would with clothing? Like Absolutely. An item. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. Interesting. 
That was, that was similar question. to what I was going to ask, except oh. I was going to ask, do you Google lens these things? Because it's kind of hard to describe plush sometimes. Um, sometimes, usually I kind of just put in the brand and I'll just search, you know, for what types of items from that particular brand of plush sell for the most money. Um, that's the easiest way for me to do it. Um, especially when you get into like the TY stuff, cause they make like the beanie boos and the beanie babies, which aren't worth anything, but the beanie boos can say, do be. those even bring any money. <laughs> yeah. So those are easier because they have the little tags and it has the name. So you can look those up, but generally I will just kind of put in the brand that I found if it looks interesting to me and then just see if it might be worth anything. Cause a lot of the times they're like one-off plush that someone might not have sold, especially on eBay when you can only see 30 days unless right. I can only see Tara Peak when I'm on my laptop. So obviously I don't yeah. have that in the store. Um, yeah. so yeah, you kind of just have to pick and choose and go off brand a lot of the time versus the specific item. So here's a question. Have you ever picked up plush that is, I guess, damaged or missing stitching or anything like that? Like, do you ever repair plush that you find because it's valuable or do you sell plush as is like, do you wash them? Like, well, like, I guess what's that yeah, process? Like what's the process? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually have a video on my YouTube about cleaning plush. Uh, it's a squish it's a squish mallow it's just a short it's under a minute mm-hmm. um but yeah I I use a Tide pen that's like my favorite tool for a plush it works super well I don't have to wash them you can wash them I have washed squish mallows I've you know stain treated them throw them in the washer don't dry mm-hmm. them but uh they come out great um otherwise I will sell as is but I try not to pick up plush that are like too stained that's because damaged, it so. can be a little eh. <laughs> it could be um, a little yeah. putting yeah yeah, sketch for, for some people, especially, you know, secondhand. So I try to make sure they're in decent condition before I bring them home. But if it's a squishmallow or something, I know it's super valuable. I'll take it home anyway and see if I can save it for just a few dollar investment. It's worth it to me um, to see if I can, you know, fix it. Can we yeah. talk about squishmallows? Because I don't understand them. I love why them. Are they so va- why are they so valuable? I, think I don't they're adorable. know because they're, they're really cute soft and cuddly. They're, they're super they're really, soft. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's funny because no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's actually what my daughter mostly collects is a squishmallow. So (laughs) (laughs) they're, they're, they're really, really popular. You know, it's funny because like, it's funny that I don't, I don't, uh, sell, resell plush. It was never something that I did, but I actually, something in my past that I can share is I actually used to be a buyer. Right. And I used to buy for plush. And I actually did it for many, many years. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I actually just uh, worked in the plush department. And what we did is we bought, I bought for like zoos, aquariums, um, children's museums. And so I actually remember going through all the trend reports and how round, we talked about round was a trend that was going to be coming up in the next few years. Because it was a big thing about, there used to be this brand, I don't know if it's still around squishables. I think so. Yeah. Started out squishables and it was just like really, really fat plush with like tiny, tiny little features, (laughs) you know? And I remember uh, we developed one for the New England Aquarium, a penguin one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That we used to sell. So when you, when you actually tell me about all these brands, I actually do know them, which is so funny, but I never thought about reselling plush. (laughs) It's so weird, but yeah, I used to do that. And I used to even design some pieces too. I actually have some pieces. I'm saving them for my daughter, but it's actually like, um, like dinosaurs that I created and everything all for her. So yeah. See, that's the thing too. Like you, you had a hand in creating that. And I think a lot of 
that's a lot of the reason why people like plus so much because yeah. it has a sentimental value to people. Like some yeah. people just want to find that plush that they used to have when they were a kid that they got mm-hmm. rid of or lost or damaged. Mm-hmm. And you, there's a big market for that. Definitely. I used to say that, um, I buy best friends. That's yes. what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the whole roundness of toys has been interesting to me just because I have nieces, right? And how toys is, and plush has evolved over just like the last five years, really. Everything was very structured at one point. Like it was a specific animal. It was a specific something. It was very structured. And now everything is very soft, mushy, mm-hmm. very, um, the features don't, they don't really necessarily have features. They're just one big thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and kids, kids love it. And um, I, I think it's, this is, I don't know if this is true or not. I feel like it's been influenced by Asian culture a lot. I feel like that that's where a lot of the heavy influence of plush is coming from as of late. Um, and I, I mean, I'm, I don't have children yet, so I guess I'm just not as interested in plush besides whatever my nieces use, right. That I buy. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is the new cool thing. Yeah. But um, I think as a parent, if you're a parent and you're listening and there's all these different plush and toys and games that are in your house, literally just go through it, scan it because eBay's app has a scan feature, scan the UPC, scan whatever it is, and just kind of go through your house and see what's there. And maybe you've, you know, have a gold mine in your house and you don't even know it. Yeah. That's very, very true. That is very true. And, you know, and it's funny because when you're looking at plush too, and like toys, they actually do follow trends. Mm-hmm. And lots of times when we were looking at like forecasting out, what are we looking at? A lot of it was like patterns, shapes, right? What type of animal is really hot that year? So you're going to produce more of that. So I don't think people think of that, but like with, when it comes to toys and plush, you know, they do look at fashion trends too. And to see what's really big in fashion right now, what are patterns and colors that are really big that you can then translate and trickle down into the plush area. So mm-hmm. a lot of it actually can go hand in hand. It's just things that we don't think about, you know? Yep. Well, I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense because if you look at clothing brands for kids, preteens, like Justice, right? Justice mimics a lot of the things that maybe young adults would wear, but obviously brought down to their level, like what a 10, 11, 12, 13 year old wear. So we see a lot of tie dye. We see a lot of the sequence, the, you know, the different rhinestones and stuff that change colors. And you see a lot of that kind of stuff. And I I feel like I noticed that within some of the toys as well that are out there on the shelves, like when I'm buying things for gifts and whatnot, that's like a reoccurring theme, unicorns, the catacorns, like, you know, Mm -hmm. all those of my nieces (laughs) love catacorns. That's that's like their thing. Yep. Wait, what is it? I don't even know. See, I've been out of it's like a cat, but it's got a unicorn, unicorn oh, horn. A cat, <laughs> <laughs> a cat a little kitty. Oh my god! Yeah, but grow. that's like that's huge. That's First so it was funny. then like llamas. Llamas is another. Yeah, big llamas one. were yeah. really big. Llamas were really big. Penguins were really big for a long time. Owls, Penguins are amazing. That's I why. Really big. <laughs> so our cats, sloths. sloths yes, really cats big. and penguins. That's yep. it. That's all you need. A, a big one <laughs> these days is uh, the axolotl, the little weird underwater lizard thing. Like they have oh, a squishmallow like that's this. an axolotl and that can sell for a lot of money if it's the right one. Really? Yeah. See, yeah, squishmallow. Yep. So can you give us, based off of squishmallow, if you're talking about this, what are some other brands that you kind of keep your eye out for where you're like, oh, I'm going to look this up? 
Mm -hmm. um, so other than Squishmallow, there's um, Dakin. They have a lot of vintage plush. I have sold a few of those for decent money, like 40, 50 bucks. Um, there is Jelly Cat, which I have not found. But uh, again, if you find the right ones, the right animals, they can sell for a decent profit. Love Jelly Cat. I, I yeah. have a lot of Jelly Cat for my daughter. Do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, also Disney, like Disney's always a good one to look at because there's so many of them. A lot of them aren't really that valuable, but if you can find like a vintage one or some lesser known characters, um, obviously the popular ones do okay, but the lesser known characters are more, more sought after because you can't find them as often. That makes sense. Do you, um, do you ever find, or have you ever found like a plush that was yours when you were younger? or anything like no, that? No, sadly yeah. I haven't, but I've yeah. been on the lookout. I have seen like the vintage eighties, like Puffalumps. I don't know if you guys remember those because we're pretty yeah. much roughly the same age. Yes. Um, I have sold a few of those, but not any that I actually had when I was a kid. I also haven't found any of the pillow people. I don't know if you had those <gasps> either, but yes. I had a pillow person when I was a kid. Yes. Oh yeah. Have you found any vintage Cabbage Patch dolls? No. I have only found two Cabbage Patch dolls. Both came from the bins and they still smelled like baby powder. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know how, but they still smelled like baby powder. <laughs> That's always been like, I know that there's there's a market for that. Like there's very specific things. I know Vintage Cabbage Patch is one of those things that people look for. They're, they're collectible pieces. Um, th this is just me being naive. But like when it comes to Barbies and vintage Barbies, and I only bring this up because I just recently watched a video from Doris Day from The Way We Wore. She has a YouTube channel and she talks about vintage clothing, but they just had an episode where they talked about vintage Barbies and the market for vintage Barbies. Do you have any knowledge when it comes to vintage Barbies or, you know? Not the Barbies themselves, but I know the clothing goes for good money. Like if you really? can find a bag in the store, cause they usually just put them all in one of those bags in the toy section. If you can find a bag that's got all vintage Barbie clothes, you're in the green in a big way for those. Look at that. You're clothing shopping. This miniature size. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> miniature. Um, yeah, but the only reason why I asked that is I know that there are are there people out there that specifically want vintage Barbie things? They collect them. They, they have like, I mean, like a wall dedicated to them. Mm -hmm. And vintage Barbie was very unique. I mean, there's, um, they either mimic celebrities or, you know, they all, they came out with the same Barbie, different, maybe skin tone or different hair, but they all had the same outfit. And, you know, so yep. they, there's like this whole thing with the Barbie community that I didn't even know existed. I mean, I knew there were Barbie collectors, but I didn't realize how intricate like the, the collectors were with all this mm, stuff. There's one that. Barbie that if you ever find, I would like, and it is the Princess Diana Barbie. <laughs> all right. I've been fun I will note that. Diana Barbie. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Wasn't there yeah. like a plush too? Like a, oh, Di probably. a Diana bear? I think bear? the Barbie's cooler. Yeah. Like, the T.Y. Yeah. Beanie Baby. Yeah. They had the a Diana Beanie bear. Bear. They had a Diana bear. And I remember everybody was like, this is going to be huge. <laughs> Bad. That's so, when you think about that, everyone thought the T.Y. was going to be like that money maker, like Pogs. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. right. I love Pogs. I love Pogs. <laughs> Me too. I still have oh, mine. <laughs> you do? Oh my I'm I jealous. I wish I still had mine. I won't get rid of them. Those are memories right there. I'm like, the next the time thing. we can all get together, we should have like a pog party. <laughs> Just like, I wish I had all my old Pokemon cards from when they first came out too. Still have them. Ugh. 
because my sister's four and a half years younger than me. So she was like, she got me into it because she was collecting them and all that kind of stuff. So we used to play on the the old school Game Boy, my big yellow Game Boy. We used to play Pokemon. We would link them together. (laughs) We would play together kind of thing. Right. (laughs) So um, she still has her entire collection and she has a few that are really valuable, but she won't, she will not give up. Like they're, they're hers. I can't sell them. I wish I had the foresight to keep those things when I was a kid, but I just, uh, I just threw away everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Hindsight's we talked about 2020 right? episode. We just said this in the clothing episode, but all the Y2K clothes, why didn't we keep any of it? Yeah, Literally the day that. that we could get rid of it, we were like, bye, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Very, very now true. it's money. Yeah. All right, here's a question for you, Kay. What do you like selling better? Electronics, plush, all that kind of stuff or clothes? Oh. Oh, I know, I like, right? Tough question. I, <laughs> if I had to pick... I would sell just active wear and shoes all the live long day, but Mm -hmm. I just really, there's something about plushies and toys that I love because they're so different. You don't go into the store and find 17 of the same thing from the same brand. It's Mm -hmm. usually just, like I said earlier, a one-off thing. And that's kind of exciting for me. So I do really enjoy that. Yeah. I could see I, that. Do you see a lot of competition in the in the plush and toy no, area? No, which is no. another plus. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could no see one that. in the area go buy plush, okay? <laughs> I'll know. <laughs> oh, well, that's his section. Back off. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> well, you guys don't know where she lives, so it's fine. <laughs> that's top secret information. Um, yeah, I never, I don't ever think I will look at plush. I think it's fun to learn about it. Like I'm more interested in learning about it. I don't, I don't have a love for, um, branching out like that into other categories. I do think it's fun to look at different types of like coffee table books. Like that interests me looking through the book section, looking at different coffee Mm -hmm. tables and books and seeing if those are worth anything. Cause there are some that are worth a lot of money if you can find them. Um, you know, I like, I like shoes. I like jeans. I like, I like, Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I like the clothes, you know, oh, I, like yeah, the I clothes. hate jeans. Oh, I love jeans. Oh, I, love oh, I hate jeans. jeans because of the measurements. I don't like taking the measurements uh, for the jeans. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny <laughs> what every what people gravitate towards, yep. you know, see, that's what it is. It's like reselling is just so broad, right? It's like you can, and, and like, you can have multiple resellers in one area, but it doesn't matter. Cause it's like, I gravitate towards this. You gravitate towards that. There's mm-hmm. plenty of different things out there. Yep. And it's, it's what you're willing to do, right? What are you willing to learn about whatever the category is? And what, like, what are you willing to do for prep work too? Cause there's some people I know that will not touch shoes, right? Yeah. Cause they don't want to clean them. They don't want to clean them. Exactly. Where we're all like, oh yeah, I love to clean give shoes. me all the shoes. <laughs> it is my top that I make the most money on my shoes. Same. Mm-hmm. That's where all my majority of my money comes from is from shoes and jeans, but that's because that's what I predominantly source. So, I mean, it makes sense, but also shoes just, you can have a much higher return than you can on a 
t-shirt minus the two pieces you sold yesterday, Kay, which brought you a really great <laughs> return. If you want to share that with the community, the aviator nation. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've never found. I actually sold three out of the four of them that I have. So, That's so uh, good. crazy. one sold for 160. That was full price. One sold for a hundred and the other one sold for, they sent an offer on eBay of $111 and 11 cents. I that's, felt like I needed to make a wish on that one because all of the ones. Right? <laughs> that's your sign to go full-time right now. Right? <laughs> I need to find more of those so then I can make it a thing. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the thing about clothes. I mean, you can say about any category, but I feel like when it's a, like for plush, for example, it's not a category that many people go into. So mm-hmm. it kind of leaves you open to have first dibs on all the stuff that's out there in the thrift stores because you yep. don't really have people searching for it. While with clothing, it's like a constant battle of, okay, who got here first? And, oh, there's, there's another reseller there. Not that you're competing with them, but it's like, is it really worth it for me to go through all these racks that I already see in their cart that they've already gone through? And yes, I mean, I can, and they might've missed something or they don't sell a certain brand that I do, but it's, the competition is more fierce when it comes to clothing and shoes, especially shoes, shoes is like on another level, especially too, when you're just part-time and you only have a limited amount of time to spend sourcing, it's almost not worth it. If you already know, like several resellers have been through a store in that same day. So, you know, like going after work after the store has been gone through all day long, you're not as likely to find good stuff. Yeah, Welcome to Kay in, in my struggle every single week mm-hmm. where it's like we can dedicate it like and, and this is where when you have a full-time job you almost need to take a day out sometimes and like plan it and be like I'm taking today off and all I'm going to do is source so I can actually get stuff to sell. Yep that's what I do at the end of the year because we have we can only carry over so many hours yep. yeah, um, yeah. of PTO mm-hmm. so when I have you know a bunch at the end of the year because the last couple of years I haven't really been able to travel so I'm not using my time that's true I was that's taking true. like every Friday off for the last three months of the year and I would just go and spend the whole day sourcing because I knew my daughter was with her dad and yep. you know doing school stuff and so it was really good I found some amazing stuff but it's because <laughs> I was there all day right because I didn't yeah. have to work so it's so true. Get their first thing. It's, it's night and day, right. Yeah. With what you mm-hmm. can find. So, no, but like- this is where the struggle I think comes in for those of you that are listening that have a full-time job outside the home, right. Finding these little niche categories that maybe you can dip your toes in and try and, mm-hmm. and, you know, look around your house first and try it yep. that way before you go invest money you know, in the thrift right. store. But if it is difficult for you and you're predominantly clothing seller, but it's becoming really difficult for you to get those pieces that you need, maybe you look at electronics, maybe you maybe look at some of the kitchenware, look mm-hmm. at DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. There are people collect those now, which I think yep. is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the crazy thing is too, kind of what you were saying, Daniela, is that like everybody has this stuff floating around in their house, right? And you can ask family. I bet you, you have tons of family that has a lot of plush just sitting there. And I know I know most people that have like a bag, right? Like that garbage bag that's up in their attic or in, in their garage or something. I should raid my mom's right? basement because I'm pretty sure all my old Barbies and all the old clothes, like everything is still in there somewhere. Yep. Stuff right. squirreled away for future yard sales that probably are never going to happen. Exactly. Happen. So it's yep. definitely, there's opportunities there is what we're trying to say, right? So like you said, if you're finding that you're struggling because you can only get there within a certain amount of time and everything feels cleaned out, maybe it is time to start branching out, right? And checking out some other categories and and 
dipping, like you said, dipping your toes into something, maybe that's not so scary. Right. And I feel like yeah. plush is a nice, easy collectible to kind of get into and to start. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, I have they, a question. they're small, oh, they don't ahead. take up too much space. So, I mean, I yeah. start, store all of my plush inside my home versus my shed where all my clothes and shoes are. Um, and I just have like a shelf with some drawers and I stuff them all in there and yeah. that's where they live. They're out of sight and don't have to even look at them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can shove quite a few in a, in a, in a bin, yeah. I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So going back to eBay and selling plush, would you say that you do buy it now for your plush or do you auction your plush? What do you find to be the best method when it comes to selling? So historically, I am not good with auctions (laughs) at all. I've only had two (laughs) successful auctions on eBay in my whole eBay selling career since 2004 when I first opened my account. So (laughs) Um, and both of them were last year, but one of them was on a plush. So I would say definitely buy it now for the majority. I do have offers turned on, on everything that I sell just because I like it that way. Um, but yeah, so buy it now. The auction did go pretty well. I sold a Pokemon plush for like $157 was the final bid. I paid paid under a dollar for it. So that was a good one, but (laughs) (laughs) otherwise it's just buy it now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting about Pokemon. So if you guys are listening, um, uh, and you're not sure what Pokemon even is, it's 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 an anime show that's been around for many many years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would assume most people know what it is by this by now. Um, but even they're like video games. So I have a Nintendo Switch, and I have Pokemon games. I play with my sister and stuff, and those games never go on sale, number one, and even mm-hmm. used are still going close to retail value. So yep. I can only imagine like t-shirts and things that are vintage when it comes to Pokemon. I'm sure they hold their value just the same. It's just the brand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very. Yeah. Beautiful. Actually with that Pokemon plush that I sold on auction, I actually took it home. It was in like a bag of plush. There were like three or four plush in there. And I saw that one was a Pokemon. So I picked it up and I showed my daughter when she came home. And she was like, mom, do you know what that is? And I was like, well, I know what the Pokemon is, but other than that, no. And she's like, that's really rare. And she takes my phone and she goes on eBay and she goes here. My God, I love it. Here, these are the comps. (laughs) And she like gave me the name of what it's called. It's like called the Pokey doll. And I was like, man, I was just going to put this thing up for like $30 (laughs) on eBay and call it a day. And she's like, no. Don't do that. <laughs> oh my! So God. here's the perks of having a daughter, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. a little older, right? And that yep. that, that knows. So let, yeah, let's, like checking the comps for you. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> let's segue into Liv. So yeah. Liv is, has been featured in your YouTube channel, which I think is yes. great. And mm-hmm. I feel like over the last couple of years, she's really kind of been involved in your thrifting and reselling and all of that. So can you just share a little bit about like, how that journey's been to now involve your daughter, who's going to soon be 13 years old and maybe has a little bit of an interest in what you're doing compared to when she was younger, didn't really get it. (laughs) Yeah. So she still doesn't really love it. She doesn't like coming to the thrift store with me, but sometimes she'll let me take her to the thrift store. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Yes. (laughs) She's a little bit better now that she's getting older and she's, you know, looking for clothing for herself that, you know, not all the kids are not that she's in school right now. She's remote, but when she does eventually go back to school, all the kids won't be wearing this stuff because she's got it from a thrift store. Um, So I think that's really the part that's exciting for her. And also I've been for several years since she was probably five or six, been selling all her old toys. When she decides that she's done with something, Mm -hmm. I sell it on eBay and 
like I said, we I, split the I profits. So she'll use her money to buy books. We just went to Barnes and Noble um, about two weeks ago and she bought a whole bunch of manga books because she's really into like the Japanese anime and the manga, hence the Pokemon. Um, yeah. So <laughs> she's really motivated by that now. And I'm trying to kind of turn her into a little entrepreneur. So because, you know, mama can't Love afford it. college. So she's, <laughs> she's going to have to work. I mean, <laughs> not only that, but you, it could be a mother daughter duo kind of thing. When you guys, when you decide to go full time, mm-hmm. whenever you decide to make that leap, you've got a little built in employee. Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. She, she does. She used to work for me a little bit more um, before, you know, posher VA was a thing. Um, she would share my closet. What a godsend that was. Yep. <laughs> um, she would, you know, share my closet. She'd spend a couple hours sharing and I would pay her however many dollars per hour of her age. So if she was 11, I'd give her 11 bucks an hour to help me with work. And so nice. she'd sit there and share, she'd share other people's closets. She'd help me pull stuff from the shed. She helped me ship stuff. So yeah, she's I definitely my, my little kind of pseudo part-time employee. <laughs> yeah. That's so nice. And it's a family <laughs> affair, right? And yeah. like I said, you're, you're teaching her really valuable skills, right? And yeah. that's just going to help her no matter what, right? No matter what she does, no matter where she goes or whatever, like she'll always be able to be resourceful. And that's right. kind of what you're teaching her, which I think is really awesome. And I love that you, um, that you like go through her stuff and you guys are like, okay, well, what are we going to get rid of now? You know, type of thing. So just like showing her like the value of like a dollar and all the things that you bring into the home. And so I think that's really neat. And that's really exciting that you guys uh, kind of do all that a little bit together. Yeah. And I mean, obviously the big draw for me working full-time is that I have more time to spend with her Absolutely. I mean, right. when she's not in school, because right now I'm working full-time and then I'm working part-time on my reselling business and I'm doing YouTube and it's a lot of things all at once. And so it's definitely, you know, she's getting older and it's the time yeah. right now that I want to be able to spend more time with her at home. Absolutely. I think that's a lot to, for a lot of moms out there, you know, and, and I know that's predominantly our audience. We have, we have some men that listen to us too, Mm -hmm. that might be stay at home daddies, (laughs) but um, I think that's a draw for a lot of women out there is being able to be home and do something that you enjoy doing that you find you have a passion in um, being sustainable. I mean, all those different things, but especially spending that time with your children that other people who are working outside the home don't necessarily get to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of good things that come out of it. If, you know, it financially makes sense for right. you, obviously I would love to get to a point where I can, I can do that later, you know, as, as time goes on. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Not there yet. It's very hard to match (laughs) what I get with the state. Yeah, same. (laughs) Being an entrepreneur, (laughs) you know? Yeah, Yeah. so you get it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's very hard to, when you are in a very stable environment and you're a full-time gig, it's very difficult to give all that stuff up. It's hard to take that um, risk. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially right now, especially right now where things are so unstable in every front, but the, the community that we're in is thriving and it's growing and it's predicted to continue to grow. And it's like, you see all these things um, taking place and it 
kind of puts that bug in your ear where it's like, well, maybe if I just keep at it and just keep doing it and find what really works for me and keep building that, then one day I'll get to the point where I can, you know, maybe it's like a part-time, part-time kind of thing. Who knows? You know, but that's always the goal is, and it's always been my goal is to be my own boss, no matter what, that's always Mm -hmm. been my goal. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know when it will happen someday. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know when. Oh my goodness. Right there with you. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like you said, it's a good, it's a good goal to have. And it's a good thing to just keep striving to. And like, just making sure that you know what that roadmap looks like. Right. Right. So like Kay was saying how she's like, okay, I need to branch out more. I need to do this more. I need to source at different times, you know, just kind of figuring out how can you grow that business to keep it moving forward? Because that is definitely something that has to be done, right? When you're running your own business and being your own boss, because there really is no like, I'm just going to make this amount and just post the whole time, you know, that really isn't, that doesn't happen, (laughs) right? In this type of industry. So, but like you said, it is a goal, I think, for everyone to have. And it's, it's a wonderful, reselling is such a wonderful skill because, you know, for me, I know, like I always say, I'll never go hungry. I know that, right? Because I have a way to feed my family. I can like get scrappy and figure out like I can just sell our stuff. I know where to go. I know how to do that. And so it's definitely good, a good skill to have no matter what. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because um, it just made me think of like when we were planning a wedding and trying to buy a house all at the same time. And I was working three jobs and I was still selling things, but I was like hobbyist, right? Like I wasn't selling things the way that I am now. I would sell my stuff that I had to make like an extra 500 to pay whatever it was I need to pay at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a skill to be able to say, okay, I'm gonna look around my house right now. And what can I sell immediately so that I can make yeah. that money that I need Some to cash. make? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, absolutely. So Kay, I want to start selling plush right now. What resources can I go to? Like other resources online that, that I can go to other websites that um, maybe you use as a reference, are there YouTube channels that you recommend that someone should be watching? It's informative besides so the, yours. <laughs> <laughs> so the number one YouTube reseller of plush that I can recommend is Cajun reseller. His name is Chris. Okay. He lives in, um, you know, like the Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana area. And he's amazing at it. I think 90% of his business is plush. Oh, um, right. He sells a lot of it. He sells on Mercari. He sells on Amazon. So he sells on other platforms oh, wow. besides, you know, Poshmark. And I don't know if he does Poshmark, but eBay. Um, so that's nice because I don't do that. <laughs> I don't know if other plush sellers probably sell on Mercari. I think a lot of them do. Uh, another good YouTube resource is Stephanie Fuson. Um, she has a YouTube channel as well. She's also heavily active on Instagram and she sells a lot of plush as well. So, um, definitely check those two people out if you're interested in, um, selling plush. Good to know. I always wonder if there's like, I'm sure there's some encyclopedia somewhere out there in Google land where like, you know how we have vintage guild to look at Mm -hmm. tags, vintage tags. I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. something out there. Or maybe there isn't. Maybe that's something you can create, Kay. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, that's that an idea. <laughs> and then you could <laughs> you is. can have your own little blog, or you could even create a ebook of it. Ebook and yeah. would buy it. There you go. That's I just an gave an you an idea. idea. Take it, yeah. trademark it, make your money. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> the the only thing I can think of, and I'm just thinking from when I used to do this, 
is I know that there are vendors, there's like toy fairs out there. Like there's the New York toy oh, fair. Yeah, that makes that sense. Usually yeah. happens in like February. And you could probably go on their site and at least at the very least, you could get a list of vendors. You know what I mean? So that you can see like who's there. And if mm-hmm. you wanted then to click around and look who are plush vendors and then go to their website, see how much the stuff is selling for. That's the only thing that I that I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> Yeah, I could also, I mean, I know people mostly don't sell plush on Poshmark, but you could also try typing in plush on Poshmark and filter by sold, filter by highest price, see what's there. Um, I'm not super confident with eBay, even though it's my main platform. So I don't know if there's something that you could do similarly there. Yeah. But, you know, if you have eBay, check Terapeak, you know. I'd say Terapeak would probably be Mm -hmm. your best resource. I mean, you could just go into eBay and type in plush, but your search is going to be so broad at that point. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe Mercari too. That could be another one too. Because I know Mercari just like, it's a little bit more broad when it comes to what's selling there. It's not just clothing. And I know based off our trend report thing that we did last week, Daniela, like we saw that a lot of electronics you know, that was like the number one, number two brands that sell there. And then afterwards it was like some clothing. And so mm-hmm. it's definitely other stuff that sells there better than clothing. So yeah. I'm going to be really interested to see how Macari evolves as the year goes on, because the amount of um, money they're spending on marketing is mind blowing to me to be on during primetime football games means you paid big money to have a commercial run. And they have had commercials running every single game since the oh, playoffs really? started. Really? I avoid, I avoid watching the game. So I guess I need to <laughs> get myself a more on Mercari this year, huh? I think well, so. I think from my experience with Mercari the last couple of years, I, I've, Clothing for me doesn't really move on Macari. There's like the occasional sale, you know, I feel like shoes sell really well on Macari and the electronics and like that, those odd things you have in your house that you need to list that you might list on Facebook marketplace, but you can list it on Macari kind of thing. And yeah. then Macari has this new thing where you can do Macari local pickup. That's like a yeah. new feature mm-hmm. that they have. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of mimicking Facebook in that manner. Um, the yeah. last three sales I had on Macari, one was an Xbox series S that Matt's friend gave to me to sell for him. Um, another one was like a drum bass pedal thing that sold immediately on Macari. I had it on eBay. All these pieces were on eBay too, and they did not sell on eBay. They sold on Macari. Oh. And the third thing was like toners that my sister found. And she was like, we don't have this printer anymore. Can you sell these? I listened to Macari. They sold for $30 immediately. Wow. So like yeah. random stuff. It's random but- stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so hard to like figure out what actually like as a reseller you want to have a good idea of like where you can what sell certain on what things. platform mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and with Macari I just I don't think that exists I just I don't think, think Macari is mostly just like a big yard sale online yes <laughs> I think that's what they've become honestly yeah. yeah I do they've got they definitely have like you said Facebook marketplace vibes you know yeah not so. that that's necessarily a negative thing it's just you no. can pretty much sell anything that you could ever want on Mercari but it's definitely evolved right from yeah. where they kind of started to, to to where they are now yeah so I'd be interested to know okay if you did start putting some plush up there yeah I might that, have to test the waters and uh, mm-hmm. report I think back, you would have experiment luck. a little bit I think you would too I don't know why I really do because I feel like like Danielle yeah. said there's like a lot of like actually people looking for just like one-off very specific things. I don't think people would really think of like plush for Poshmark because Poshmark is so like fashion. I go into Macari, right? And I can, there's a new feature says shop local. And the first things that come up are plush. 
Oh, the well, first things that come up is plus, and then there's like random stuff like a car polisher and you know like random things, uh, a bedding set, squishmallows, a bunch of them. Well, that's good because Liv just gave me one yesterday that's like three foot tall, and I'm like, I'm not going to ship that. So maybe right. Facebook Marketplace, but maybe I'll try Mercari Local Pickup and see if I can move it that way too. Right, and here this is another one. Uh, it says huge, thirty nine loose Funko Pop lot, one hundred forty five dollars. Local wow. pickup. Wow, those yeah. can be good money too. I have sold quite a yes, few. Yes, they those. can. Yes, yeah. Funko Pops can be. I mean, some are worth absolutely nothing, and some can be worth. A lot, but that's the first thing when you go into the Macari app, the first um, option that you see in the homepage is shop local. So they're obviously really pushing the shop local, which is right up here. Yeah. Um, they're pushing that. So, I mean, there might be something to that. Okay. Maybe you yeah. branch out and even to... your home goods. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it gives mm-hmm. you another, another avenue to sell things so that you have your little, you know, your vintage shop that you have, you've got eBay, you got Poshmark, and now you can have macari too yeah Why maybe not? that'll that'll that. help me get closer to my you know dream of your becoming full time that's true well I mean, speaking yeah. of your goals and everything so the last thing that we know that you love to talk about too is your travel right okay yes. so what do you have in the pipeline for travel do you what are you guys thinking i know i know with covid and everything else things are still kind of on hold but if you guys i guess could travel today because you always go to such amazing places like really do. where, where are you thinking about going? Like what's on your radar? Um, so we were supposed to go to Tokyo in April of 2020 <gasps> oh. and then, you know, yeah. so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We didn't yeah. get to go. And that's her number one place. Like I said, she's into yes. the anime and stuff. Yeah. So if we could go anywhere today, it would probably be there. Oh, and it's such a fascinating place, fashion wise, oh. like mm-hmm. just the food, the food. Yeah, I know. I know the food. <laughs> and there's like these accounts on Instagram where they just show Tokyo fashion and they always like amaze me because I just look at them and I'm like, this is wild to me. And their streetwear the is insane. It's so cool. Yes. Yeah. And then so it eventually cool. trickles into the US, but like it starts there. There. Like, mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. it starts. It's very I true. love that. That's a good right, one. What's your favorite place that you went to? My favorite place that I've been to is Thailand. I would go back Ooh, there. I would live cool. there. It, it's amazing. Is that where we you got, met the elephants? Is that yes. where you met? Yeah, I was going to say the elephants, right? I volunteered <laughs> at the elephant sanctuary, but they have every kind of landscape you could want. They have beaches, they have cities, they have mountains. I went to all three when I went to Thailand and I loved all of them, except I wasn't really a fan of Bangkok, but I'm not a big city person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can live like a queen or a king um, for pennies, basically, (laughs) literally. Um, and the people are so nice. I just had the most wonderful time. So if I ever retire and become an expat, I'm going to Thailand or probably Costa Rica is maybe number two. There you go. Retire on all that plush money. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey with everyone and how you have evolved into, 
what you are now as a reseller and what your goals are. I think I, first of all, know that you're going to, whatever the goals are that you have, you're going to make it happen. It may not happen immediately, but you're going to do it and you'll find (laughs) ways to make it happen. Um, And then for anyone who's listening, we're going to leave all of Kay's information in the show notes or Instagram her Poshmark Closet eBay store, all that stuff, her YouTube channel, everything will be in there. So make sure you subscribe and follow her and follow her along on this journey. Support her YouTube channel. All right. She's monetized. So support her YouTube channel so that she can make some money on YouTube. All right. Yeah. I'd love to have you guys in my weird little corner of the internet, as I say, on my YouTube channel. Sometimes (laughs) K goes live. So sometimes it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) I just went live last night for the first time in, in months. And I was like, this is like, it's like trying to like riding a bike. Like at first you're like, I, can I, and then you're, you're all right. You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. It's yeah, <laughs> it's true. The first but few we, are we, hard, but once you get into it, it's a little easier. It, I mean, YouTube's a whole animal. Yeah. So it's just, it's a beast. It is a beast. Very, just very like true. eBay. It is a beast. <laughs> um, but hopefully you found this interesting and helpful and, you know, it's different than clothes. And I think it just helps us realize that there's so many other categories out there and there's so many other things that you can do to create a lucrative business for yourself. Maybe you're struggling with clothes. I feel like everyone starts off with clothes, right? Like that's just yeah. a given. Most people start off with clothes. There's just so much more out there. Yeah. There you is. can find something you really love. Yeah. I mean, and just mm-hmm. run with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So guys, give it a shot. Go around yeah. the, the thrift store. Go around the your house well. first. Go around the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, yeah. how everybody yeah. starts, right? Yeah. You just sell, sell stuff from around your home. Scratch what I said. Go to the, go to your, go to your closet. <laughs> <laughs> go to your kid's closet. Kid's closet. closet first. <laughs> go it's find so some true. goodies and yeah, expand out and branch out and you know, report back to us. We love to hear everyone's stories. Those are always fun, but thank you. And again, Kay, Kay, if you know anyone that's in the trading card business of any sort that would like to come on. Um, oh, I do. I can, I can share some names for you. We would love that. Beautiful. Yeah. Like we, we, we want to learn something. it all. We want to learn it all. <laughs> we want to pick everyone's brains. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with, um, I think we're going to do a panel next week. Oh yeah. That's mm. going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have a really fun panel that we're trying to set up for you guys. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned until next week's episode. Bye Thanks, everyone. everyone. Thanks everyone. <laughs>